I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Utah's in the middle of a once in a decade redistricting process, and many rural communities want to make sure they're fully represented in that process. The question then becomes, how do you strike the right balance between urban and rural areas? Utah State Representative Candace Perucci is serving on Utah's Legislative Redistricting Committee, and she joins us now to discuss the issue. Representative, thanks for jumping in today. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Boyd. You've been uh, traveling the state a little bit, uh, having some of these hearings around redistricting, and uh, it is a complicated thing. It's not as easy as uh, everyone thinks, Uh, but just give us a little uh, sense in terms of what you're hearing uh, at some of these hearings uh, around the state of Utah. Well, that's a great question. We have, uh, gosh, I think at this point done eight of our committee hearings that we're doing a town hall style and, you know, we just finished up this weekend in Cedar City and St. George. The week before that, we did Grantsville and Ogden. And really, from each community, we're hearing, you know, obviously, particulars of what regions they'd like to see, see stay together. Um, but most recently in southern Utah, a really common theme was making sure that we don't forget about rural Utah. And that even with all the growth we're seeing along the Wasatch Front, particularly making sure that uh, rural Utah has, you know, adequate representation and we're still focusing on those issues that are important. So we have a really great balance on the committee with uh, committee members from all over the state. Uh, several of my colleagues are from rural Utah. Our co-chair, Senator Sandel, obviously, he uh, coming from rural Utah, representing rural Utah, does a great job as well. So I think we really have kept that forefront of the conversation and balancing the needs of suburban Utah and rural Utah. Yeah, it's such an important part. And so I want to kind of break this down a little piece at a time, uh, because often, of course, we think about the big battles, which are about uh, the federal representation uh, in the in Congress. And that one you can many people say, oh, well, you know, just uh, divide it up or, you know, give us a good rural district. But it actually comes down to a one person, one vote. Uh, match that you have to to get in the maps. Yeah, it's much more specific and it has to be much more mathematically accurate than I think people realize. And I will just put in a plug, anyone can go on and submit a map at redistricting.utah.gov. There are over 71,000 census voting blocks in Utah that you are looking through and uh, parsing out. And so to your point, absolutely. We've, uh, when we first began, uh, voted on and committed to uh, low levels of target deviation and what that means is the difference in size between the congressional districts. We want to be as close to zero in terms of population difference so that it's really a fair representation um, as possible. So that is something that we're looking at targeting, which means 
you see a lot of rural Utah get pulled into some of our more suburban areas right. uh, so that you can you can balance the needs. Yeah, and that and that is uh, again. I think it's hard for people to kind of wrap their head around that. It's like, well, why don't you just have a, a Salt Lake City district and have that? It's like, okay, but then you have Daggett County, and there aren't nearly as many people out there. But oh. they need to be represented. But then you got to get the math to work, and uh, it gets pretty complicated yes. pretty fast. We actually have heard that. I think in almost every town hall, someone has brought up, "Why don't we just give each county a senator?" And the response is, Daggett County has 955 people. Meanwhile, Salt Lake County, my county, has 1.4 million. And so you'd be disenfranchising a lot of people yeah. in Salt Lake County and overrepresenting those in, in Daggett in that example. So to your point, it is much closer to the population size that we're looking at. Yeah, and that is, and if again, if you're look, if you're up for a challenge on a Monday, uh, you can go and draw your own map. I've tried this; it is it is not an easy task to to go about. But uh, I want to break down a little bit down to the the more local races, the state uh, senate, the state house races, uh, where again numbers do matter. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. so hard to to keep those together. And it's also an, an issue where you may have a representative that suddenly uh, no longer has a district to represent. It may get uh, redivided in a, yeah. in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and as we've looked at the census data, which came out a little later because of COVID. So my my district, for instance, in the past decade grew 102 percent. So I almost have a Senate sized district right now. Um and I'm in the house. And so obviously you're looking at how do you then reapportion seats to, to get down to the target population size. And so Utah County, uh, just looking at census data, they're set to gain a seat and a half. Um, Washington County is growing incredibly fast. They're set to, you know, gain some uh, maybe a half a seat seat. And then on the east bench of the Salt Lake area, it's shrinking. And so to your point, you're going to see those district boundaries expanding to pull in more population and then in areas like the southwest corner of the wasatch uh, front is going to be contracting um, because it's you know the density and the population sizes so to your point there may be we try to avoid that but there may be a case where it just the best way to draw those district lines ends up drawing two people in to one spot or um, someone is no longer in their district right so there are there are those challenges that are associated with it yeah it like i said this is the hard work and heavy lifting of uh, going through the census data looking at all the dynamics you also have to kind of project because this really is a once in a decade uh opportunity and so you do have to kind of factor that in as you said you're representing a district now that's not uh, just a house district level size it's uh, really a senate district size yeah it's massive and I think, too, I mean, so we were the second in growth, second only to uh, my colleague, Representative Moss, who's just south of me in Saratoga Springs. So we're really seeing that growth there. And again, looking at how then do you adequately draw those lines so that you're going to create and shrink those districts and, and pull in other areas. So it's, it's interesting when you pull out the map and you're looking at it, it's kind of like we've got two spots, two really hot spots. You've got, you know, the Washington County and then obviously Utah County and then South Salt Lake County. And those are the areas that I think if people sit down and try to draw a map, they're going to see how difficult it really is. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely a challenge. Again, this is a once in a decade redistricting uh, process. Again, you're getting people from across the state, uh, both rural and suburban. You've got left and right 
when it comes to the party dynamics. And uh, this is just an important conversation, important one to weigh in on. And uh, Representative, yeah. we appreciate you joining us today to talk us through a little bit. And we look forward to your work product, uh, which I'm sure will uh, get a little attention, uh, hopefully not well, too long from now. Yeah, well, thank you. And I, I just want to add, I hope that people will engage in the process. We've made it so that they're virtual meetings. If you can't make it to one in person, we would love to have your participation. It's amazing how many people complain about redistricting and how few people are actually engaging in it. And so I would just encourage Republicans, Democrats, unaffiliated voters to really engage in this process. And you don't have to draw on that, but at least give some public input and feedback on what you'd like to see. Yeah, this is the time where we do have to be part of the process. If you do want to draw a map, you can go to redistricting.utah.gov. And as Representative Perucci said, uh, you can join these uh, events, these town hall-style conversations, either live or remote. Uh, So there's no excuse not to show up and learn and weigh in uh, and be part of the process. Uh, Again, Candace, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, thank you. All right, that's an important one. We're going to continue to follow that one real close, redistricting, how that's going to impact the state. Uh, Stay with us on that. Uh, When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about President Biden going to the executive order pen again, back to the DACA policy for immigrant children. We'll discuss that coming up next. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson. And unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.